And it says in verse 9, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. And so Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Interesting that they didn't go straight to Jesus. They were like, hey, 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 side conversation here. But when Jesus heard that, he stood up. He's like, you're not going to talk about my boys like that. He said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. This is the passage that the Lord led me to, to share on our sixth birthday as a church. It's going to hit at a lot of who we are and how we operate uh, as a church family here at Freedom. But before we dive into the message, I want you to welcome six people. High five, say hello to six people around you. Welcome them and let them know how glad you are that they came to worship here today. All right, good morning. Six, six, find six. Grateful for those who join us on the live stream, those who join us uh, on the podcast uh, during the week as well. I'm grateful for technology that we have that avenue. Also, if you're in the room, you could join, you could join the, uh, the live stream and, and, and chat along and welcome those people who are online too. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for this church, and I'm so grateful. Um, you know what? I've been sick all week long. I need a bottle of water because I'm already starting to feel. <coughs> uh, is this a fresh one? Yeah, fresh. <laughs> is it frozen? It's a little frozen. It's, it's a little frozen. Okay. Uh, you're going to have to bear with me. I have this two-week bug. Anybody else have the two-week bug? Of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel good. It's just I get... I haven't been talking all week, and now I'm talking, and it started to get irritated. But I love this church. It's the funnest church I've ever been a part of, and um, the the reason is yes, Jesus. That's the that's the Sunday school answer. Jesus has been amazing. I mean, I, his favor has been on this church from the beginning, and we've been having God sighting after God sighting after God sighting, and that's fun in and of itself. That's all I need. But at the same time, I love you guys. You guys have made this so much fun, and and taking next steps of faith, serving, giving, uh, praying, getting in the Word, um, all, all these things that it's like this doesn't happen unless we as a church body are individually living out our faith. And, and the way that you guys do that week in and week out, that's inspiring. That keeps me on my toes to say, hey, I, I, better, I, better, I better keep taking those next steps of faith and seeking God and hearing Him and, 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 and owning my own relationship, owning my own faith in that. Um, in 2023, just I mean, I'm not about like the vanity metrics, okay? But like our numbers, we've just been growing and growing and growing, and it's awesome. And but at, I am about the vanity metrics in this sense that every every number when we count and say, hey, there's a hundred people in the room today. Guess what? Every number has a name. Every name has a story. Every story matters to God. And there's so many more numbers that are out there that they matter to God. And they have a name, and they have a story, and God wants a relationship with them. So we will celebrate all that all the time. When, we, when people come here, 
And we have 100 people here. That means they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to hear the good news. They're going to be encouraged, and hopefully God will do his thing, which we've been seeing week in and week out. That's where I'm confident. I'm like, if you invite a friend, this is what I love. You guys invite people. And I'm confident. If they come over time, they're going to hear from God. Now, what they do with that is up to between them and God, whether they're going to obey or or not. But I know God's going to speak to the lives, and that's what we've been seeing since the beginning. Uh, We had 23 people respond to the gospel in, uh, no, 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 30. We had 30 people respond to the gospel in 2023. That's a, that's a record number for us. That puts us at 106 people since we started in six years have responded to the gospel invitation that we give every week at Freedom Church, just in this house. Can we not celebrate that? 106! All right, I'm going to get the preacher voice going here. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to start coughing and acting. I'm like, keep it mellow, Mike, keep it mellow. No, I'm, like that is crazy. We've had, uh, we average around 100 first-time guests Every year, more than that, we've had over 600 first-time guests that come in our doors. Um, that's because you guys invite. That's because you guys have made this place a welcoming place. And it's just incredible to see what God's doing. And then in the connect groups, last semester, we had a record number of connect groups and people in connect groups building relationships. It's just a lot of fun. All of this culminated in what, I mean, in one event that I see happening over and over and over and over again and this is my first time really kind of being able to share in person with you, Christmas 2023, my goodness, you guys who were here, all right, because I know a lot of us jetted and there's nothing wrong with that. You guys were serving and praying in the weeks in advance, but I was just so impressed with on Christmas Eve. We ran two services on Christmas Eve, one here, and we, we unloaded, packed up, and then we quickly ran over to Ashley Pond, unloaded, and did a whole nother service over there. We had over 250 people between the two services come, which is a record for us. We had seven people respond to the gospel. I'm like crying watching people in this church body. This is hard work because, I mean, that's a full day, 8 a.m. to uh, like 8 o'clock at night by the time I got home and, and it was cold and windy and all that sort of That's a long day on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, you guys make me cry the way you guys just like, it was, I, you could have hated it, but I wouldn't have known by your faces. You were like selfless and just like, I love, no, I'm here. And I'm like, are you okay? Are you sure? And you're like, no, I'm in. And I, I, I don't, I, you know me, like I'm not in for burnout, but hey, Christmas Eve is like, it's bigger than Easter in the sense of like our one shot to really get the gospel out to our community. So we will, we will intentionally pick certain days like Easter, like Christmas Eve, and say, if you're here, all hands on deck, and let's go. And you did. You showed up, and guess what? So did God. Like, that's, that's the beauty of what I see happening at Freedom Church, is each one of us are doing our individual parts, our individual faith relationship with Him. Then it comes to, hey, I'll, I got my week here. I'm going to serve. I, you know, Angel's over there, and Christina's over there with the kids. And like, hey, I got my week. It's, we're in change with Mr. Seth being gone, and it's their first week. They're owning the week. They're doing the thing. And guess what? God just like, hey, that's a kind of a group of people that I want to work through. And that's why it's fun. It's fun to see God working through you. And, and uh, I, I love this church. I love this church. Um, we are in a series called Love Los Alamos. We kick off every year with a series called Love Los Alamos because this is what we're about as a church. We, 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 we love God but we are called to reach this city. We are called to, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with this city and spread hope and spread love. 
And so that is an, an, an action step for each one of us to love Los Alamos um, individually and, and just as a city. But what is that? Have you ever thought about that? What does that mean to you? What is, you know, we say it, we got t-shirts to say love Los Alamos, but what, is that, what does that mean to you? And to me, I just like, this is who we are, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, 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 yeah. I'm, it, to me, it is a, a community of people who are going to live it out. That we don't just say love Los Alamos, we don't just tag it on our shirt, but I'm actually going to go love my city. When I'm at work, I'm going to love the people around me. It is not about me. I'm in my workplace because God's planted me there, and there are people around that I need to love and see. And, and, and I'm not going to go beat them over the head with a Bible, but I can, I, 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 they may not be ready for, for, for Jesus quite yet, but I can love anybody. And in a year that I'm like so dreading as a pastor, all right, 2024, we have an election coming up. It, this is the worst. Like, this is the year that as a pastor, I'm like, I just want to quit. <laughs> I'm going to quit because y'all going to lose your mind. Our world's going to lose its mind. It's already lost its mind. I'm like, this is no fun. It's no fun trying to referee and, and whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm not trying to get political, but you know, it's just going to be messy. What I'm trying to say is you can love the people who vote differently than you. Nothing stops you from doing that. Nothing stops you from doing that. But I know this year they're going to try to get you to hate that person. We're going to love them. We're going to love them. I, Isaiah, I love what you said, man. Oh, I was angry. <laughs> I fell, and I was angry. And, and, and guess what? 98% of the room are right there with you. The other 2% are liars, and they're, they're not, not confessing it, right? I want to punch something when I get hurt. Like, you better not be around, right? <laughs> and at the same time, it's like, you know what? I, I can hate. That's the easy, natural way to go. Or I can love. You guys are choosing love. Love is a choice. That's what, what is love of Los It's me choosing, not myself, but to see other people and, and slowly see God work in this. Our mission as a church, we say love of Los a lot, but what you'll also hear us say this, helping people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. All I want you to do today, if you know your next step of faith, I just want you to take that next step of faith. That's it. I'm not asking you to be perfect. You're not going to reach the end goal. Uh, today, I just want you to take the next step of faith. So maybe your next step of faith is, I need to give my life to Christ. That's what I want you to do today. If he's speaking to your heart, that's what I want you to do. If he's telling you to forgive today, that's what I want you to do. If he tells you to forgive the same person tomorrow, do that too. If he tells you, hey, you need to get baptized, that's what I want for you in 2024. If he tells you you need to lead a connect group, join a connect group, get plugged in, serve, uh, uh, invite a friend, get into the Bible, pray more. I, whatever he's speaking to you, if I pinned you down, I'm sure you pretty much have a next step, and I want you to take that next step. I have a, um, um, to me, that, that is what Love Los Alamos is about. That's what we are about as a church. And in this series called Love Los Alamos, I want to talk about some of the core things of our faith. Today I'm going to be a little bit vision, visionary, but at the same time, in, in the coming weeks, I want to tell you how we're going to live this out, how we're going to do this as a church, some of our core values. What we see in this, uh, back to our verses, what we see with Matthew, Jesus calling out Matthew, is, is kind of this, uh, a way that I kind of see our church at large kind of acting today. Uh, and, and in many ways, like you have Jesus seeing somebody, Matthew, and saying, hey, come follow me, your next steps I want, I want to take with you, all right? And there's plenty in the church that do that, but it, you, you and I don't have to go very far to see churches that love to point fingers. That, that, that are, are the, 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 like a Pharisee, in a sense, 
that we see people, the church is just infighting, and there's a lot of finger pointing. You're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. Guess what? I'm tempted to do that too, all right? I can sit there and point fingers all day long. And so I see it's a picture of the church because you have one group who is transitioning to something new that Jesus is calling to that is, is, is great, and we're all excited for Matthew, but you have this other group that's refusing to transition, that's refusing to move forward, and when they're doing that, they're angry, they're flustered, they're, they're upset, and they're pointing fingers, and they're fighting in this situation. Um, it says, the Pharisees, and the, and they asked him, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Wow. Not only are, are, are they, they're like name-calling and, and pointing fingers. They don't like these guys. This is totally revolutionary what Jesus is doing, by the way. We, I, we don't understand, fully understand first century Jewish culture, but why are they so upset? Because this is just rocking their boat on who he's associating with. Now, I'm not calling each one of you scum, all right? But at the same time, Jesus said, I don't call the righteous. I'm calling those who know they are sick. Those who, hey, I, I need help. I need a savior. I'm not perfect, all right? That's us. That's us. We're, in a way, we're, we're, we'll get there in a second, but we're sick and we're healthy. Uh, there's another passage Luke records, very similar, very similar in Luke chapter 15. It says the Pharisees, the same group of, of, of leaders, religious leaders, the Pharisees and teachers of religious law, complain that Jesus, he, was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. You're not supposed to eat with those people. They're dirty. They're unclean. And here is Jesus spending time with them getting to know them. What I love in Luke 15, and I'm not going to do it today, but he goes and tells three parables. The lost sheep, hey, there's 99 lost sheep, uh, or or 99 sheep, there was one that was lost, and what's Jesus do? He goes after the one. The woman, he tells another story, lost the coin, she finds it, celebrates. Then you have the prodigal uh, son story, sorry. These guys are like, hey, Jesus is hanging out with these guys. We don't like it. And Jesus says, hey, let me, let me tell you a story about how God views these people. And what I love is he doesn't give them one story. <coughs> he gives them three. He's like, I want to prove a point, how God feels about the people in our community. All right? And so that's what I see in this is, that is a message, a reminder to Freedom Church. How does God feel about the people in our community? How does God feel about the people who are lost? How does God feel about the people who are not in here today, who are looking for a Savior, who are reaching in every which direction that they can to try to find something that's going to satisfy, and they come up empty week after week after week. So this is a reminder to us as Freedom Church, who are we? What are we about? And and, and we're on an urgent mission. God has called you and I to go and reach and and love this town. Here's what what I found in in some of this is, you know, people are not... um, They're not struggling with faith and church and religion or Christianity. They're not struggling. Those who are not here, they're not struggling because they can't find a church in Los Alamos, right? We have plenty of churches in Los Alamos. So why don't they come? Why why is there such a a blockade when when it comes to people wanting to come to Freedom Church? First is... um, I, w- I would say, this is just my, me, you could disagree. I just feel like the majority of people, if we were to take a poll, they'd say the church is massively real, uh, irrelevant to me and my life and my family. They may not be antagonistic towards the church, all right, but they're not coming because they're like, I don't see the benefit of it. I don't see, I don't see the need. It's not even relevant to my life right now. There are those in the community who are antagonistic towards the church and that sort of stuff too, but I would say the great majority of people is like, eh, eh. 
take it or leave it. I don't care. There's some of us that even in this house right here, we struggle with that. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth my time. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, I could take it or leave it. All right. It's okay to admit that that's where you're at. I'm just saying for the massive majority of people, I would say church, why do they come? It's just irrelevant to their lives. It doesn't play a factor in their lives. But for some of us, uh, some people too, they also, I would just say, you know, they tried out religion. They tried out faith. They tried out Christianity. I would say they, they, they tried out the wrong God. And, and, and they left. They're not here because they're mad at a God that doesn't exist. They wanted bodyguard God. The, the, the bodyguard God that would protect them and, and, and didn't. Something bad happened in their life. If there was a good God, why would he allow X, Y, Z to happen in my life? And those are great questions to ask, but that's not the God of Scripture that we worship, the God who's going to protect you from all bad things. We, we, we know there's evil in the world, and so bad things will happen. God has allowed it to come, but he also says he'll redeem it. But they, they have, they've bought that, they've bought into the idol of bodyguard God. He doesn't exist. Uh, there's another one that I call boyfriend God. The God that I, I oh, it's like this ooey gooey feelings. And then when, when God goes through a season, when they go through a wilderness season and it's a little bit dry, they don't, they don't feel God. Where is he? I don't sense his presence. Is he gone? And boyfriend God doesn't exist in the Bible. Because God is with us, but he doesn't always promise that we will feel him. There are times when he feels distant. And that's, that's the God that we love and serve. I trust that he's with me all the time, but I don't always feel his presence in my life. Some of us, when that happens, we run. That's not the God of Christianity. So for these people who haven't come for whatever reason, all right, everybody, if we talked to them individually, would have their own individual reason. Guess what? I love them, and I want them to come and know Jesus. I want them back. If they left, I want them back. I don't want to be the Pharisees who are saying, that's scum. They left. They're wrong. Could you believe that they voted that way? Could you believe that they think that that is okay? This is what we get on social media. This is what we get in our news outlets. They try to drive us apart, point fingers, look at those sinners, look at those people, and that's not how we're going to operate. I'm going to love them. I'm going to see them. I want to welcome them in. I am not going to point fingers. i got enough pointers. Fingers that could be pointed right at me. And I think that's part of the message I want to tell you. If you're going to be a part of Freedom Church, guess what? We're going to be a messy church. All right? We're going to be a messy church filled with messy people. There's a part of me as a pastor that I, I love um, listening to other pastors and preachers, and I get fed that way. And then I get hurt when one of the guys who I'm following has some sort of moral failure. And we don't have to think too far before you've had that pastor or somebody in your life who had a moral failure. And there's a big part of me, I feel like I'm in great health and in great shape and got good accountability in, in my faith and that sort of stuff. But there's part of me like, don't screw this up, Mike. Don't be a moral failure and ruin this for a lot of people. But I had a, a good gut check with God, all right? And about my faith, he said, Mike, you already are a moral failure. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. The truth of Scripture is you are a moral failure. All right? I'm not perfect in front of God. I have failed time and time and time again. Let me tell you something. That's so freeing to me. I don't have to be perfect pastor. 
I'm not trying to go screw things up and sin and cause some big uh, scandal. And I don't want any part of it. That's what I'm scared of. But I, when I can just say, I'm already screwed up in a moral failure. I didn't call those who think they are righteous. I called those who know they are sinners. Me and you. The good news of the gospel is he ain't calling you to clean up the mess. You have next steps of faith to do, but that's the blood of Jesus that we just celebrate. That's his body that he gave up. He cleaned up the mess, so you don't have to earn it. You receive it by grace and have a relationship with him. Amen? So I don't care what you walked in with in whatever mess. We're going to be a messy church, but let God just clean them. He's already cleaned it up. Give it over to him, and let's take some steps forward and have some fun in the middle of it. One of the things I notice about Freedom Church is that in the past six years, and you heard it even from the stage, that we have had a lot of church hurt. We Almost all of us have some sort of church hurt story. Stay around here long enough, you'll have one too. Not trying to hurt anyone. We are messy people. We're going to screw it up. I'm going to screw it up. But we're not going to jet on one another either. We're committed to working these things out in a way that honors one another. But freedom, for whatever reason, by God's grace, has become a hospital for people, a place for those who have been sick, who are hurting, to come in here and find refuge and let the healer do the work. And sometimes we'll never know people's stories. Sometimes it's not, even, not our business. But some people come in here, they get healing. And uh, I've had some people that have come from other churches here in town. And that's not necessarily who I'm trying to reach at the same time. Hey, you're welcome here. They find their healing, and they've gone back to that church and worked it out. That melts my heart. And I'm not saying if you came from another church here in town, and I'm not trying to kick you out or whatever. Some of you guys are like, hey, this is my place. I'm just saying everybody's on their own journey. And some people have found healing here, and they stay. Some people have found healing here, and they're like, hey, God told me my next steps is to go. I don't care whatever God's telling you to do. I just want you to take that next step of faith. That's what we're about. I want you to get healed. I want you to find that healing. But let me just step on your toes for a little bit. Because some of you guys have come in here, and you're finding that healing. And it's time for you to move forward. Like you're healed. I mean, not, not fully healed in a sense, but you're good enough to get back on the field. Here, uh, anybody watched the game last night? It was on Peacock. It was streamed Chiefs and whatever. I know everybody's like, if you're not a Chiefs fan, you're like, I'm not paying six bucks to watch that game. Patrick Mahomes, if you don't know, ran in, uh, in the, I think in the third quarter or whatever, cracked his helmet. He ran and it got hit so hard, his helmet broke. It took two plays before he even realized that the helmet was, was broke. Now, what I didn't see Mahomes do was say, you know what? That hurt. It's a wind chill of negative 27 degrees. That dude just hit me really hard. My helmet's cracked. I'm done. With like me, I'm like, I want no part of that. Uh, no, what are you doing? Give me a helmet. Get me back on the field. Let's go. When I watch any game, you watch a playoff game today, somebody gets injured, and, and maybe they need to come off of the field for a play or two because the trainers, the coaches, and the players know, hey, you being on the field right now, no, you need to get well. You need to get healed. We need to t examine that, work on that. But what is that all trying to do? 
They are all working to get that player back on the field. We need you. It's game time. God's doing something. We got to go. And some of you have received the treatment. The trainer has said, you're good to go. And some of you, you know this, are like, I think I needed to stay on the sidelines for a little bit more. No, doctors cleared you. We, we, the team needs you. You got gifts. You got talents that nobody else is. We need you on the field to help this team. Oh, but I remember getting injured. It was so cold out there. I might get injured again. I, I love you. You're always welcome to come here. But I'm just going to tell you, some of y'all been here for a while, and it's time to get back on the field. Whoever that is for, whoever that is for, I don't know who you, God had that message for you to say you need to come. You need to start getting plugged in and you need to start working. Now, some of you guys are in that healing business. You're still like, no, like, I've, I've hurt, and I get you, and you probably don't need to be back on the field yet. Get that healing. But the whole goal of healing is to get back on the field. We got, we got, we got too much. Your God, our God is too great. Your calling is too big for you to sit on the sidelines. So, I'm running out of time. This is the main thing I wanted to say. Freedom Church is in a season of transition. All of us, in a sense, are in a season of transition. You're always changing. Either at a micro level or even at a big macro level, you got some major changes in life, but you're going from here's what I was to here's where I'm going. Transition is not fun. Think about, um, not trying to trigger anybody, but when you birth, when, when you have the wife, you have the baby who's being born, entering into the birth canal, you have the doctor or the midwife, all right? I don't know the, the pain of that transition, but, uh, and I'm not trying to trigger anyone back to that stage, but there, there's a, a point where the baby hit, enters into the birth canal. And there, it is, there's no going back. And if you were to interview those three players, the, the, the mom, the baby, or the doctor, they would each have a different story to tell about what is taking place at that time. And, and, and two of the people are crying, and in pain, and in this, and there's one person who's in the middle of that chaos who is looking at every scenario, trying to work and say, okay, we need to adjust. They're calm, and they're cool and collected, and they're trying to figure things out and help other people who are in that situation who are in pain. That baby who's in that birth canal is, is transitioning into a world that's like, whoa, 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 I, don't, I had transportation, I had comfort, I had warmth, I had, I had food, I had everything back there, and now I'm entering into this life, right? We need, we need as, a, as a church, as we transition, we, we need more doctors in the room. We need more midwives in the room who can be, hey, I've been in that pain position and I can help. The last thing a, a mom who is given birth needs is another mom who is given birth in the same room sharing pain stories about what's going on. No, they need the doctor in the room to say, I'm going to help you with this. We're going to go here. We're going to go here. And we're going to navigate. The last thing a baby needs is another baby in that room, telling it what it thinks. Okay, this is where we grow up and we take our next step of faith. Some of us have been healed, but it is time to transition and move forward. The hallways in your room, hallways are transitional spaces. 
They are not made for you to put a couch and a TV and hang out in the hallway. No, they are move, meant to move from one space to another. They are tight and, and squeezed to get you moving through. Think about a butterfly, a caterpillar, cocoon. The caterpillar moves into that cocoon, and then we know somehow, some way, it, it, it transforms into a butterfly. What happens in the cocoon is a picture of transition. What happens in the cocoon, we can't really see. If you were to open up a Cancun, Cancun, I love Cancun. Let's go to Cancun. I don't know where that came from. If you open up a cocoon in the middle, you're not going to see something that looks like, oh, it's a caterpillar now, and then, oh, it's a butterfly now. It, it, what scientists would say is it's, it's like caterpillar soup. It liquefies. It doesn't look like either or. And this is the pain of transition. Moving from what was to what is, and I don't know what this quite is right now. It's letting go of what's in one hand and also not having anything in the other hand to grasp onto because you don't know exactly what that is going to be. Transition is so hard. It makes you, a transition is so hard for a lot of us we just go run back to the past because that is known and that is comfortable. Let me, let me challenge you a little bit. Transition. You can spend 40 years in transition. The path for the Israelites from Egypt slavery to the promised land freedom was about a month's journey. And they spent 40 years in transition. You can die in transition. That is not God's plan for your life. God wants us to take steps forward. Whatever God's calling you to in 2024, you're going to have to just surrender your identity of caterpillar. Whatever's going on in the Cancun, is that, Cancun I keep saying it, cocoon. Because there's something better on the other side. Here's the reality of that, because I, I know I can feel it in the room, but the reality of this, if you're going to transition through, it's going to be messy and uncomfortable. If you really want to make the changes that God's calling you to make, Freedom Church, if we're really going to reach this town, if we were really going to reach this town, it's going to call you outside of your comfort zone. You have to do some hard things following in, in, in the next step of faith. But this is the identity of that first church. Matthew, who was called, moving from one, he started that day as a tax collector. No hope. Searching. Not knowing what's going to happen. And then at the end of that day, he had forgiveness. He had peace. He had purpose. He was following Jesus. He didn't know exactly what all that meant coming next. But he took his steps in freedom. And that's what I want for you. They changed the world. That group of people who took their next steps and transitioned to the new identity that Jesus called them to, they changed the world. I believe it can happen here in Los Alamos. I really do believe it. 
give me a group of 100 people on fire for Jesus, listening to the Holy Spirit who's talking to them day in and day out, and we walk out these walls, and you go live it out? Oh, oh, oh. God's going to do something. You're going to see God siding after God siding in your life. That's what I want for you in 2024. How do we change the world? One story at a time. One conversation at a time. One next step of faith at a time. That's all I want from you. What do I want? Take your next step of faith, and we'll see God change the world in 2024. Let's stand. I'm going to read these verses for you. Same verses that we read to start. As Jesus was walking along, I want you to say the yellow with me. As Jesus was walking along, he saw, all right? We're going to contrast that with something else. Remember that. He saw. He saw a man named, he has a name, Matthew. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. Every story matters to God. Sitting at the tax collector's booth, follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited his disciples and, his, and Jesus and his disciples to his home for dinner, along with the tax collectors and sinners. But, when the, say these next two words with me, they're in the yellow, but when the, what do you see? Jesus saw Matthew, but when the Pharisees saw, they started pointing fingers. Sinners. Mm. This is not the new kingdom that we're about. Freedom Church, I love this church. This is a reminder and a challenge to go take your next step of faith. That's all I want. That's all I can ask, and we're going to see God bless you. And we're going to see God bless other people in this community through you. Will it be easy? No. It's going to be one of the hardest things you got to do. That's, it's that easy, but it's that hard. So with that, let's pray together. Father, I love you. I'm excited. At the same time, I'm like, oh, man, wherever you're leading us to, it's going to require surrender out of me. And if I know me, I know I like to be the one in control. I like to be the one that has the outcome already guaranteed. But the truth of the lesson is today, I need a heart of surrender. I, I, I need to, to open up the, the hands. I'm not going to hold on to the past. I'm going to receive that healing, but I'm going to open up the hands into the future and say, God, whatever you have for me, my answer is yes. Before you even ask me or speak to me, my answer is yes. That's the heart of my year in 2024. Yes, the power of yes. And then we'll celebrate just like finding the lost sheep and the lost coin. We'll celebrate like heaven celebrates when someone finds Christ. Gather, do what only you can do. Easter is only seven, 77 days away. God, I pray right now. I pray right now for Easter where we're going to share that gospel. I pray for, for people not only to come, but for people to get saved. We've seen 30 people saved last year. I pray for 30 people to get saved in one Sunday. Blow us away, God, with what only you can do, where we would only say, that's only God. God, do a work. Do a work. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this one rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.